Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another Trendsetters podcast. This is with my man, Harrison Quinn, uh, financial advisor. We're going to be diving into all things personal finance, budgeting, and obviously business advice, um, talking all things new wave with a trendsetter, right? That's so right. I guess to start, every podcast always starts and they ask, what do you do? And we go down this rabbit hole of all this nonsense. Rather than telling me that, what is the impact of what you do for your clients? So I work in the financial planning and wealth management space. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say my high level overall goal is simply to have and structure the finances for someone who when they want to quote unquote retire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And so the impact of that is a healthy lifelong retirement, right? That's right. And, and, and one that you're gonna have the finances for. Yeah. Because um, you don't wanna be working your entire life, get to age 65 and then have no money to spend. Yeah. So. Let's let's say I'm 22 years old. I just graduated college. I just took a job paying me 60,000 a year. Congratulations. Yes, of course. <laughs> what is the advice you would give to that individual in that scenario regarding their retirement who are likely thinking about more so amassing wealth in the short term to fund that side hustle they want to start, that that new business, um, you know, Coachella or some trip to like Malaysia or Singapore, who knows yeah. what, uh, what's the advice you would give to that individual? So your first invested dollar is always your most valuable. Mm -hmm. um, most valuable asset when it comes to investing is time. So if you're investing at 18 years old versus 30, you know, that 18 year old dollar is going to be way more valuable than that 30 year old dollar. Yeah. Um, so just investing early and investing often. I think it's super important just because of the way we live our lives now to enjoy life have a balance, spend some money, maybe go to Coachella once in five years, not every single year, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but really you know, creating good disciplines early on as soon as possible. I wish somebody grabbed my face at 16 years old and forced me to open up a brokerage account to start investing because you know, it's much cheaper to invest then simply because of compound interest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I wish I would echo the same advice to my 15-year-old <laughs> self. I was mowing a ton of lawns, making a ton of money, and just spending it on nonsense. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel like a lot of yeah. people are in that same situation. It would have been cool to have a little bit more startup capital, for sure. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but we're here now, so that's all right. And so what is changing most in the financial industry? I know there, there's a plenty of ways to go about these topics. I know robo-advising is something that, that we see on the horizon. New financial apps, a lot of wit, that's a space we've worked a lot within as an agency as a whole that Gen Zs and Millennials are starting to prefer. Yeah. What's changing with financial advisors and where do you see the industry going? Um, definitely technology is a huge thing. I mm -hmm. think that robo-advisors will take up probably the bottom 10 to 20%. Got it. Got um, it. And when we say bottom, those with less, yeah, because it incomes. makes more sense. Got it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, you know, once you're coming out of school, making the 40, 50, $60,000 a year, um, and those people who won't require a ton of attention and time, mm -hmm. I think will be absorbed over the next decade by robo-advisors. Got it. Just because it makes more sense and fee compression is really a big part of that. Mm -hmm. um, I think the high net worth space will always have a place for face-to-face, in-person. You know, my job is really a relationship-based business. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I've heard older advisors tell me and I've told other people as well, if you want to be a good financial advisor, go get a psychology degree and I'll teach you finance. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it really is just relationship-based business and especially mm -hmm. when you're working with, you know, 
new companies and partners or husband and wife, anything like that. It's, you know, finances are always very emotional. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And regarding that future that's going to exist with technology as well as this next generation coming into fruition, in terms of financial advisors, you're obviously on the lower end of the spectrum when it comes to age. For right? sure. You're one of the more younger yet established financial advisors, certainly in the Kansas City area. Yeah. Um, shout out to our guy, Ryan Odom. Uh, from Mass Mutual LA. Yep, yep. Which there camera? we go. <laughs> yep. Uh, we'll tag him in this whenever, whenever we clip it. Um, so there are some younger advisors as well, but obviously the burnout rate is, sure. is really high. So there's you know concerns there. But um, what are you most excited about with this next generation coming into fruition? I know a large part or some of your focus has been on helping younger individuals like like our team members, right? That's right. Get connected and, and start saving from an early age. Um, and so is that something that you're actively help, helping to support? Yeah, so definitely working with um, most younger folks don't have a ton of money and does not have the most immediate upside for myself to generate an income. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm young and I like working with young clients because I'll be their advisor for the next 30 years. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's really important, again, just starting early and investing often and getting that going. Um, but yeah, I forgot your other question. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and, and something that's going to be a really good topic right now. Entrepreneurship is so hot. Like it yep. is the thing to be. Entrepreneurs are like cooler than athletes now. Everyone is out here trying to start a business or a side hustle yep. or this, that, and the other. Which whether or not we should be encouraging that further, um, we can leave that debate for another time. But I think the question is, financially speaking, I can speak for myself as a business owner, what has helped us most in terms of our growth over a long period of time has been taking care of my personal finances beforehand. For sure. Um, and I knew that getting in and I'm a fucking, these guys know, like I'm a scrapper. I don't spend money on anything I don't need. I don't go out and spend $4 a day on coffee. I'll eat food off the floor. I internet fast every day <laughs> so I don't have to buy breakfast and lunch. Yep. So. And what that has enabled me to do is now I have to pay myself a less salary, which then allows the business to have more money, which allows it to hire more great individuals, which then 10x once they get put into the business. Yep. You know, that 3,000 a month hire is gonna make 30,000 a month if you give it some time. That's right. So, what's your advice to those people getting into entrepreneurship, into business regarding their personal finance? Um, I think the correction for most people as well, uh, most people are not entrepreneurs when they think they are. Yes. They may have entrepreneur-like tendencies. Uh, they may think it's kind of cool and sexy to call themselves an entrepreneur. Yeah. Or serial entrepreneur, but in reality- Let me tell you, it fucking sucks. Like, <laughs> if you're getting in this because you like the title entrepreneur, yeah. that is like the worst reason ever. Yeah. Because once you're actually in it, you're going to hate it. <laughs> Truthfully, I mean, and the success rate's so low. Yeah, yeah. You know, people think that they don't want to be bound by, you know, a nine to five. Well, yeah, as an yeah. entrepreneur, as you know, you're working 24 hours a day. Yeah, always yeah. Always on yeah. call, always doing that. I mean, a lot of advisors, most advisors are, you know, entrepreneur like individuals, meaning they make their own schedules, you know, answering, you know, phone calls and emails at 10 p.m. Let on me ask Saturday. you about that. Yeah. Passive income. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is this notion of. Everyone trying to build passive income. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Makes total sense. Yeah. All on board with it. 
Does it even exist? Uh, so there's a ton of misconceptions right now with passive income, and we've yeah. spoken a little bit about it. Oh yeah. Uh, starting with real estate. So yes. my family's background is in real estate, and I've grown up, you know, learning about that, and I actually have my real estate license, not actively used. Um, but real estate is not passive income. Passive income insinuates that you have to do nothing, and it costs, you know, nothing additional. But you have to pay you know, additional taxes, you have to pay a professional to manage the property, to get the rent, you know, yeah, the yeah. market fluctuations up and down. Like what like, happens when the professional you hired quit or colludes with the person on the leasing yeah. and brings the whatever down, yeah. or they destroy the place, but they, you know, like, there's, it's, you're still ha having to put your hands on stuff. Yeah, and a, for all those listening, a true recommendation is if you're trying to get into real estate or passive income or real estate investment, unless you are a construction or real estate professional, you are strapped with cash or you have a ton of time. You know, if you have one, but preferably all three of those, get into real estate, get mm -hmm. some rental properties, all that kind of stuff. But if you're working a full-time job at Cerner and you have no real estate or construction you know, experience, yeah, yeah, stay away. Yeah. True, one of the only true passive incomes is buying a dividend paying stock. Mm -hmm. You know, Bank of America has a strong dividend. You purchase that stock, it'll pay out quarterly dividends. And if you don't want to reinvest that and take that as income, yeah, yeah. that is more or less true passive income. Mm -hmm. But all of the... I hear the same thing from the digital marketing space. Like, yeah. And I think some people think of that as me now that we have like team members, right? Yeah. It's, oh, now you have team members, Jake, you oh. know, come, come hang out with us tonight. Like they'll get the work job done or yeah. whatever. It's like, as much as I love my team and the employees here, like I don't know if this place will be burned to the ground or not if I leave <laughs> for 24 hours. And that's a concern as well as if I'm in this just for the money, if I'm in it just for that, how am I going to get through those rough patches? Yeah. You know, I think one, something that's so interesting is like, if I'm in this just for, like f what I see finance as from my perspective as someone who's very not money or financially, you know, um, eccentric is, I see it more as an enabler for, for freedom of activity and freedom to do what I'd like to do and yeah. to build and invest in my own um, businesses more than anything else, not as something that I can have a wad of cash and go to the club and spend, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think there's this notion that saving money or that financial advising is helping people stack cash. When in reality for someone like me, it's like helping me like handle all the 100 different financial situations I personally have going on because I'm a business owner yeah. and then best enabling and, and setting myself up for a future yeah. in both a short term and a long term. And so I think it's important to know that. And so for all those right now that are like me getting spammed by financial advisors, <laughs> I will get six calls from Northwestern Mutual just in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I swear to God. And so what is your advice to individuals regarding selecting their financial advisor or they want to get started? They want to start that conversation, but yeah. how the hell do I know who to trust? Yeah. The best part is you can get a bunch of free advice before you pay for any of it. That's true. I like you that. You can go, you know, interview different advisors at different firms, but at the end of the day, I truly believe that is a relationship business mm -hmm. and a client to advisor relationship should be on a personal level. There yeah, should be yeah. a lot of trust there and you should ask all the questions and they should be able to answer those. 
without any conflict or any problem answering those with being transparent mm -hmm. fees, how people are getting paid with commissions and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I think that the reason why people get hit on, especially young people by advisors is because you have the entrance of new advisors um, and all they know are the people who they know and so they <laughs> call all of them up and it doesn't work and then they drop out three months later. Yes. <laughs> Not to say you shouldn't give any new guys a chance because people, you know, gave myself a chance. I've only mm -hmm. been in the industry for just under two years. Um, so it's important to do that, but yeah, yeah. it's more important to vet your advisor and have a trusting relationship, yeah. whether they move firms, whether they get out of the industry, knowing that you'll be taken care of regardless whether yeah, it's yeah. them actually taking care of you or not. And, and it's such an important decision particularly for individuals that need flexibility or are looking to move and kind of change change things up. Yeah. I know for a fact if I were to personally just get stuck in like a, a normal structure or a normal financial plan that you would give someone that, that's young, that wouldn't work for me. Yeah. Because me, I'm someone that I, I, I could have the potential to put a lot of money towards my retirement now, yeah. but I, don't, I can't do that because, well, I, I don't want to do that yeah. because I'm trying to run and build businesses and buy something new and and I'm playing more of like a five-year window yeah I'm not thinking about retirement just yet yeah. that's more of my asset and so well and that's a really important factor as well is you know people will see me out or you know shoot me a text and say hey where should I invest my money or yeah how should I handle and there's this? no right answer or I've got 50,000 and I go well tell me about your entire life yes because yes. any good financial advisor you know, our financial planner should take, you know, your current financial situation and your personal profile, build it up and see where you want to be in 40 years. Even if your life is changing like this, you still have a goal. Yeah. And yeah. it's important to define that goal and then to reverse engineer that into deciding yeah, what yeah. you're going to do right now. And so I think everyone's goal in life, uh, to a certain extent, I wouldn't say the goal, but everyone would like to earn more money. Everyone would like to yep. be a high income earner in a top 33% or top 10%, yep. maybe a top 1% one day. Yep. For those individuals that maybe they're fortunate enough to get there or maybe they'll listen to this right now, what's <laughs> the advice you would give to high earners or those that are soon to be high earners? Uh, plan for it if you're not that already. Um, Interesting. I think it's really important to people have you know dream boards or vision boards or yeah. goal boards or whatever, and that's important. Everyone gets motivated by their own um, practices, uh, but act like it. You know, mm -hmm. save like it, invest like it, like you're going to be a high earner. And if you are a high earner and you're not already doing that, start doing that. One of my favorite quotes is always like, "If you can't save money when you don't have it, you're not gonna get it." Yeah, yeah. And then when you get it you're going to be like half the NBA players yeah. in the league, right? Yeah. Broke after 10 years out of the league, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so that's such a drastic problem. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, the NBA, I, NBA is kind of my favorite league, but yeah. all the leagues around, there's such an issue right now yeah. with those who make a lot of money when they're young and then they retire per se or kind of start half-assing the whole career work thing. Yeah. But they've accustomed themselves to such a high lifestyle that then they have trouble bringing that back down to their yeah. annual salary. Yeah. So what's your advice to, to athletes or what do you think the epidemic is that exists? Yeah, I, I think we definitely live in the social media era to where yeah, yeah. if you're an athlete, you gotta have a Rolls Royce, you gotta wear everything, designer, everything expensive and mm -hmm. it all comes down to just spending money. And saving money is the opposite of cool. 
yeah, uh, which yeah, is yeah, you know right. part of the education part and the trend that I want to transform and a little bit disrupt the industry. You know, working with entertainers and athletes and all of that, you know, venture capital guys and startup, you know, entrepreneurs, is saving money is cool. You know? Yeah, yeah. Investing money is cool. Like dealing with your finances like an adult planning for the future is cool. It doesn't mean you can't buy anything fancy or buy anything new, but it needs to fit within your plan. Yeah, yeah. And I think that a lot of kids who have risen to the very impressive status of professional sports. Mm -hmm. The majority of people were never taught in a family sense and then in you know their organized education careers to manage yeah. money. And I think ultimately it's on them to figure out too because For sure. I think today's athletes sometimes maybe rely on certain managers a little bit too much yeah. as if that manager is actually having their best interests involved, yeah. which is not always the case. You yeah. know? Um, as we saw with, with the Ball family. Yeah. Um, I think the, the one who I would say has done the best job across the board, um, whether he's the GOAT or not, is up for debate, <laughs> but LeBron James. Yeah. The, the dude owns like his own pizza company, he yeah. owns his own media network, he, yeah. owned, like, he refused the Reebok deal for $73 million when he was 17 years old, yep. and instead waited out for Nike and got that. And again, once you have a lot of money, yeah. You know, is LeBron James ever going to have to stress about money? No. Yeah. But what's interesting is he's positioned himself so well. I'm yeah. sure he's gone out and spent money plenty and had plenty of fun. Definitely. But for the most part, he's building new schools. He's coming up with new businesses, starting media channels. That didn't happen just because of him making money. Yes, yeah. certainly making money is there, but it's also him saving it, yeah. him treating it like a business. I know Kevin Durant actually. Uh, think of him, you know, what you will, but he, I know when he got involved playing with the Warriors, he started his own VC firm. Mm -hmm. And so he started investing in local startups and growing those. And I know he's found an incredible return there. Yeah. And so. And none of that happened without creating a plan. Exactly. And yeah. plans change, life change, you know, things change. Mm -hmm. um, but coming up with a plan and then reevaluating it, you know, on a quarterly basis, yeah. semi-annual yeah. or annual basis. Um, yeah. But the biggest thing is treating, saving money like a business. Yeah. Investing yeah. money like a business, whether it is or actually not. Okay. Now let's talk about my man, Johnny. Johnny's over here. He reads a few articles about the news. He thinks he's got a hit on the market. He knows exactly what it's going to do. He's telling me to invest in this. Why should I not listen to Johnny? Um, Proven time and time again, and I'm not going to give any, you know, awesome stock tips. Super sorry. You can tune in to my man, Jim Cramer, bad money every day. Um, but the problem is what's been proven, you know, over many years is no one can time the market. Yeah, yeah. Hedge funds may be able to do it for one year, five years, ten years. Again, past that long-term investing, no one can time the market. S&P this year is up 26%. No one knew that 12 months ago. Yeah, um, yeah. And again, if they did and they planned for it, they can't do it again. They can't replicate that. Um, and the biggest thing is too, is whether it's an individual or an advisor or anything like that, if they're promising you returns or if they're promising you a good pick or that they can predict the future, run. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're either criminal, it's a Ponzi scheme, or they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Something that, that I always find, and so my, my dad's actually a financial advisor with BKD. That's why we get to have really good conversations. That's why I value your opinion so much because I, yeah. I can 
bounce it off to him. And I'm like, oh, Harrison does know what he's talking yeah. about. He's not like the Northwestern. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> he's not like the Northwestern people texting me all the time and, yep. and all this nonsense. Not, yeah. I feel like I'm always sandbagging Northwestern. Yeah. But honestly, I'm sure it's. It's a great company. It just I, yeah. comes with a lot of uh, young new advisors where the attrition rate is very high. Yeah. We're working on that with, yep. the, with the client right now, actually, yep. to, to solve that. But uh, so. We'll count on you. Yes. <laughs> it's needed in the market. I tell you that. Yeah. Um, something I'm curious to hear as we let's play a little finish the sentence right now. Yeah. The first, uh, the number one strategy I'm going to deploy in 2020 is going to be what? Number one strategy. There's too many. I know. <laughs> uh, creating a plan. Whether you do it yourself and you Google for 12 hours and you figure it out, you call a professional and you get free advice, or you call a professional and they actually you know, become your advisor. Mm-hmm. Just starting with a plan, creating it, and moving forward with it. Just beginning. That makes sense. Yeah. You can't, important. you're not going to get to your wealthy point yeah. without that. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. What, what inspires you most day to day? Um, the value that I will and hopefully potentially bring my clients 10, 20, 30 years down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working with a lot more older clients than I mm-hmm. thought, mainly because my pitch is, does your advisor right now, if you're 60 years old and your advisor's 60 years old, does he play more golf or do I? <laughs> is he more worried about his retirement or yours? Yeah. And if people think I'm young, young and inexperienced, maybe in comparison to their current advisor, yeah. but I know that I can work many more hours, play less golf, and be less focused on my personal retirement. Of which you will. Um, Check the Instagram story. That's right. Hands <laughs> in the office late. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not even sure what the question was. Uh, Most inspired by, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so you, you are inspired. I mean, that, that's so great. Like, you're inspired yeah. by the actual end result. Yeah, yeah, the value of this is what I'm going to do for the next 30 years and making sure that my entire client base gets there. And I tell people and joke all the time that if all my clients aren't rich, then neither am I. So That doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'm motivated by your success. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Now, I think the final thing, and then maybe we run down a rabbit hole or two, or maybe we call it quits. What is something that you are, what is like, I can't wait for? What is that? Is it something around the corner? Is it a new offering? Is it a new approach you're taking? Is it you're just, you can't wait to, to get your name out there more and do something, you know, more unique or continue helping individuals? This one's a tough question for yeah. financial advising. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm always excited for the future. Yeah. Uh, I believe that more people become more informed every single day. And if I approach a prospect who has a spreadsheeted budget, you know, has some stocks he likes and has, you know, maybe an investment account himself that he's done some speculation trading on, is way easier to sell my services and my professional advice than someone who has nothing. Yeah, yeah. So if it's an education game. Yeah, if, 100%, if social yeah. media can disrupt and shake up young people to start saving, start investing, and become educated, honestly, it makes my job a lot easier. Some people think that it replaces my job. Well, if it does, then let's talk financial education for a sec. <laughs> I am hot on this topic. Yes. Ask, you know, ponder me this: Why is it that we are 
teaching elementary and middle school kids, even high schoolers, why are we teaching them shit about soil <laughs> and the solar system um, and correct grammar or learning certain terminologies or vocab yeah. or other languages? Anyway, other languages are great to learn. Are you going to learn that in a, a once a week Spanish class? Maybe not. Probably not. Uh, why are we quizzing today's youth on the wrong topics and not teaching them arguably the most important thing to learn from a very young age. Is there anything more important than having your finances in line, right? Not really. Um, there's, I'm not going to spit out the numbers because I will be wrong, but there's a massive statistic on the stress in relationships and young people. Yeah, yeah. Finance and their, you know, financial, yeah. their thrive for financial freedom is the number one on the list for mm -hmm. stress, you know, indicators. Um, the problem with organized education and the person who can figure this out is much smarter than me and more focused on it. On it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but it's all memory based. Yes. Right? They ask you, you know, how many planets are there? And apparently Pluto is no longer a planet, which bullshit is bullshit because I should have gotten that answer, you know, yeah, correct. Yeah. Cause I didn't think it was a planet. It's way too far, way too cold, way too small. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, neither here nor there. Um, but I, I do think whether it's a huge conspiracy to keep people poor in organized education, mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, but I just think that no one has done it correctly at a high level mm -hmm. to successfully implement it into organized education. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the person who does that, you know, hats off and yeah. cheers. Because if kids start investing when they're 12 years old, 15 years old, 20 years old, versus now it's 25, 30, and 35, waiting for me to call somebody up and rattle their head... You know, we'll be a lot better off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it's something that we're seeing with new private organizations. Financial advisors have been doing so for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. They've been limited by compliance, um, which is a, a favorite. Yeah, our favorite, right? <laughs> it, it's, it's, a, it's a real concern. I, I get it. Um, I think, and this is compliance across, you know, it's not limited to just financial. It's, it's everything for that matter. Yeah. When we are sacrificing potential education and even marketing for our existing advisors to simply avoid compliance entirely and not have to deal with those potential problems, I think that's yeah. when it what creates issues because yeah. so many of today's societal problems can be solved just through adequate financial planning yeah. and, and financial education. Yeah. And like you said, it being a, a high stress factor, if you don't have your finances in order, there's not a whole lot of shit you can do. Yeah. You know, if I can't take my, you know, my wife out to eat, yeah. if I can't put, you know, food on the table for my family, if I can't do all those, those hypothetical things for myself, then those are going to cause significantly more problems. Yeah. And well, people say money can't buy happiness, but it's a lot easier to be happy when you have money. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it, it's the freedom of it. It's yes. not, it's not, you know, now I bought a Corvette, now I'm happy. Yeah. It's no, I, I know for a fact that for the next year, if I go out and break my leg and my insurance doesn't help me, I can live. Yeah. And know? the majority of bankruptcies, I think it's like north of 60% is from a medical occurrence or a medical yeah, emergency. Yeah. Something you and literally can't States, plan for. Yeah. You yep. can't plan for it. And that just means that you know, people don't have adequate savings in a savings account, you know, truly mm -hmm. liquid cash, um, you know, and they don't have any sort of, you know, they're not paying for health insurance because they can't afford it because they're not being financially savvy. Yeah. yeah. And it, that's horrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that that's in the United States, 
people are going bankrupt because of the medical. Yeah. Let's have that as the final topic. How come today's young people, millennials started this trend, so I'm going to blame them. Gen Z is not necessarily helping. Why is it that we have such a need, such a desire to spend money on stupid shit? I see people go, go out to the bars, go out to you know, a concert to go, go take a vacation, whatever, and spend two or three grand. And then they DM me the next week and ask me how I can, how they can start their own business. And I go, well, you can't, you can't, you can't. But how much did it start, cost me to start mine? 250 bucks. Go buy an LLC from the state of Kansas. Don't use a lawyer. Yep. Just go onto their website. It's or gonna cost 200 bucks. Go get a Wix website, $7 a month. Then go get, one more CRM system tool, whatever, that's mm -hmm. under $250. Yep. And yet, people out here spending $250 one night out, yeah. and then asking me, how can I start a business? How can I afford to hire more people? How yeah. can I start doing this? So, how do we get over that? Yeah. How do we get over this, this Instagram flex that seems to be controlling people's entire purchasing habits? Yeah, yeah. You know? I, it really is ridiculous just because through high school, I didn't, I'm 26 years old, mm -hmm. didn't really experience social media. We had Facebook, yeah, yeah. that was for our awesome prom photos and other photos that should never be released. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, but people- OG Facebook. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But people spend money on things, and I'm pretty sure it's a Fight Club quote, um, you know, people spend money on things that they don't need to impress people they don't like. Yeah, yeah. You know, or people who don't like them. Um, and for whatever reason, that trend, it hasn't started with millennials. I think it's always been a thing mm -hmm. uh, derived Certainly. from insecurities and all that. It just has been magnified through the social media platforms where you can see what some influencer guy in Australia and Sydney is driving his Ferrari and you're like, man, that 22 year old's killing it. He's got so much money when you know it's probably a rental car and the kid works you know, at Walgreens. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, or whatever the Australian Walgreens mm -hmm, is. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, truthfully, I don't know how to answer that question. I don't know how to get people to stop spending like that. I think it's a, it's an emotional, psychological problem more mm -hmm, so than a spending mm -hmm. financial problem. I think it's whose opinion do you value? Yeah. For myself, a lot of my initial peers, you know, I'm only 20 right now, so are like existing Child. college students. Yeah, <laughs> so. I leave school, go start the business, doing well, debt free, profitable the past two years, well, since its existence, right? Yeah. Um, have we made millions of dollars? No, but have we done pretty good? I think yeah. I, would, I would say so. Yeah. And so I, I'm always asked like why I don't flex a little bit more yeah. or why I don't like show off or the best I hear is like people ask me all the time like, are you even making money yet? Yeah. And I'm like, no, I just pay for shit with, you know, I just pull money out of a tree and that's how so we pay for stuff. The reason being, if I gave a fuck what Johnny and what Stacy thought about me, I'd still be in school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because if I actually cared what they thought about me, I wouldn't have gone and done, done the whole business. Yeah. I care about like, there's like probably five people that I give a fuck about their opinion. Yeah. None of which are going to be people that 
are impressed are, with your Louis Vuitton purchase exactly. or your Coachella. So I think that's what it is. It's yeah. we need to stop taking advice from the from our peers, yeah. from people that are around us. Because if we want to get here, yeah. we should be taking advice from here. Yeah. If we if if we want to if we want to get there, and we ask like our friend that's also in the shit with us that doesn't know what they're doing, that's not the right person to be listening to. Yeah. yeah. You know, don't don't get don't get tennis advice from someone who doesn't know how to play tennis. Yeah. You know, don't get financial advice from someone who doesn't have their own finance finances in order. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I think across the board that's something we got to got to we got to solve that. Yeah. yeah. I I think it's a it's a personal, emotional and psycho like psychological mm-hmm. issue that's derived from caring about people's opinions, feeling like the fact that I get 10 likes on this photo or 100 likes on this photo. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. doesn't really matter. Um it's about being self-aware, understanding who you are and what it takes to get wherever you want to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you having you on. Having you, on. Yeah, man. Uh, you can find Harrison on Instagram at myfinancialadvisor. Awesome domain. <laughs> uh, Harrison Quinn on LinkedIn and I'm sure Facebook and Twitter and all the other yeah, yeah, nonsense. Yeah. Anyway, uh, go ahead and message him um, if, if, if you're on the look for a financial advisor or trying to get your finances in order. That's right. Um, And yeah, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you.